my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. Welcome to Breakfast Punks, a podcast about weird shit and DIY punk, brought to you by Shamsi Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts from Hastings. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Dave, and this is episode 52, in which we're going to be talking about Pennywise the Clown, mm-hmm. John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. and Coolerophobia. Coolerophobia. That's not being phobic of cool dudes like <laughs> us. It's so scared of us because we're so cool. No, it is the phobia of clowns, which I did not know until this week. Was cool, cool, I and I had to call it Pennywise the Clown just in case you thought we were going to have some bro hymns. On here. I, I would say I think I am actually allergic. <laughs> no, allergic is not. <laughs> you don't I think have, I a phobia, have a phobia. Maybe I think I have a phobia of the band Pennywise. I think you have a deep hatred, and that's very different. Uh, I don't know. I think that's quite similar in a way. I've just read a book about phobias and manias. Yeah. Uh, we'll was Pennywise the band in there? No, they weren't, but they could have been. I do sort of think that there is an overlap of sorts. Between just things that you hate and having a phobia of them? Well, one's irrational and one's potentially, potentially based in potentially something. Potentially also very irrational. It could, well, I guess it could be. I don't know. Maybe your actions towards said things that you hate could be irrational. I don't know. Have anyway, you ever... we'll get into phobia. So I have a, what? <laughs> I don't know if you ever... Beaten. Have you seen Pennywise? The band? Oh, yes. Do you ever try and do anything irrationally horrible to them? No. Or do you wish you had? <laughs> no, not really. Thinking back. I don't know what I could have done as a teenage boy oh. at the Astoria. Would I have Would I have done? Don't know. Just sort of shouted Waggled in their general direction. Gosh, you're rubbish. Farted in their general direction. <laughs> That's what you do to most things that you're scared of. Just fart in the direction and it'll leave you alone. Speaking of farting in a direction, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> That's kind of linked. Yeah, it is almost Christmas. It's Christmas. Is it this week? Yes. Oh, gosh. So actually, this uh, episode, you yeah. may be listening to after Christmas. This is is going to come out very close to Christmas. You actually. may be listening to this whilst farting in someone's general direction after your Probably Christmas Probably your dinner. nan. Farting your nan's general direction. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> Poor nanny. <laughs> um, Are you ready for Christmas, Siobhan? I thought I was getting ready for Christmas, I must say. We put some lights up. And some and tinsel. And some tinsel, and I was feeling dead Christmassy. And a dartboard. And a dartboard, <laughs> which is just the most festive thing I've ever experienced. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of... The weeks have disappeared, and now Christmas is this week, and I don't feel very Christmassy at all. It feels to me like Christmas is a long way away. It does, yeah, it's... No, but it's not. Like, really quite close, and that worries me a tiny bit, because I feel like I haven't really done anything or prepared in any way. Also, just a, a heads up, guys, I'm well ill. I've gotten a cold from somewhere, so that's really it's annoying. It's a Christmas cold. Christmas cold. That I'm trying to... So, apologies if I sound like a, I mean, a barrel. I don't know if that's what people who have colds sound like. You almost all just got me on my own. I just know. reading news stories to myself <laughs> and talking <laughs> about clowns <laughs> to an empty room. Oh, I know. I wouldn't have done that to you. <laughs> the you listener, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm here um, making some snotty noise. So apologies for that. I also thought I should probably mention um, that in the beginning of our intro, it says brought to you by Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts. I, um, for those who don't know, I'm closing Deadbeat Donuts in a week's time. Well, no, this Friday is my final Friday. Saturday is my final. Uh, apologies. Isn't the cold that is on the brain. Day? 
Uh, no, it's Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. Christmas Eve is the final day that I'm making donuts officially. So and when you're listening over. to this, probably, chances are, unless you're really, you know, studious and you listen to it on the day that it comes it's out. It's already gone. Might have already happened. Yeah, exactly. So, dead, deadbeat. Dead, deadbeat. But it's not a sad thing. It's just, you know, life is moving on and I can't be making donuts at the minute. So it is what it is. But if you're in Hastings on Christmas Eve, go and grab some from Stooge or Plant the Seed. They went in about half an hour last week, so it best be quick. But yeah, but thank you to everyone. And uh, I think in the future we won't be saying to be donors anymore. We'll, well we've had a constant conversation about whether we should be saying any of this. I don't know whether from Shamsi Roasters feels too big-headed on my part. <laughs> Brought to you by Shamsi Brought to you by Dave. Just that's that. Is that well, what we'll no, say no, 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 but I'm just saying <laughs> that's kind of what it would be like. So I think we'll just get rid of it. But it, the more we get rid of that intro, the more awkward it gets. Well, it's got This is Breakfast Punks. <laughs> the, the podcast about weird shit and DIY punk. Here's a song. <laughs> I think that's right to us, shamcityroses at gmail.com if you can think of anything better that we can say at the beginning. Otherwise, it is just going to be us doing this pretty much. Well, <laughs> the next episode that we do is going to be 2023. Oh, my gosh. Oh my so gosh. we can change everything. Maybe in 2023, we'll make this a podcast about angling. Angling? <laughs> is that know. fishing? I think so, yeah. <laughs> or um, what else could it be about? What would we If we restarted a podcast now... I mean, being that this podcast isn't really about anything in particular, weird I, shit has a very wide, a very wide berth. Um, I think there'd be a dart section because we've got pretty. Good oh, at that. there'd definitely be a dart <laughs> section. We should just do it live from the darts. I don't we, know when the darts <laughs> is, or I don't think it can go all year round. No, it probably can. Gone. It doesn't matter on the seasons. It just goes indoors. The Everyone, darts. There's not an outdoors dance. Indoors. No, no, you can always dance, drink indoors. There could be a dance section and a dart section. Do you know what? Someone should tour that. Dance and darts. Dances and darts. And you could get fat men, <laughs> drunk fat men. Learning how to ballroom dancing. dance. Dancing. No, not ballroom dancing. Oh, okay. That would be too much. I'm sure that's been done on Strictly Come Dancing. My mum's probably in love with some fat darts player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him. Oh, Jim, oh he's I know lovely him. though, isn't he? He's lovely. I know he looks like a stuffed pig, but he's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Those are the words that my mother once used to describe that. a school friend of mine. <laughs> He's a nice boy, but he looks like a stuffed pig. But then she gets away with it because she's so nice. <laughs> she does get away she with it. She gets away with it. Anyway, we've rambled on a bit. With this, what a ramble it's been. What a ramble it's been. Let's get moving on. We'll play a song. This song is from a band called Stay Put, and the song is called Zap Gun. They're a band from Plymouth, and this song we is... We think they're from Plymouth. I think they're from they're Plymouth. They're from England. Well, it says According England the on their internet. Instagram, but they had they did a hometown show in Plymouth, so making a massive leap there and saying they're from oh, Plymouth. That's maths. But... That's I could be wrong. Maths. I could be wrong, but let us know if I'm wrong. Um, this song is from their EP two, and it's out now via Crew Cuts and Blind Rage. So this is Stay Put with Zap Gun. Thank you. 
this Thursday. Breaking news is part of this job. You are fake news. News. This is what's happening in your world tonight. Fucking news. The Daily Star has come through again. As it always does, depressingly. Man with scrotal pain has parasitic worms having a dance party inside his testicles. Not a dance and darts party, oh, we should say, although it might have felt a bit like darts. It might have felt like a darts party. Oh, my God. Worms having a dance party in your scrotum. The man had been... If, in fact, as with a lot of these stories, it really is just a headline. There's, um, so, but there's so many fucking guar songs that could be made right there and then. Oh, still. I think they've probably done one about... Yeah, they've... They must have done one about scrotum. Dance, dance party parties. in your scrotum. <laughs> Doctors caught a parasitic worm having a dance party in a man's testicle after months of pain. Oh, that sounds delightful, delicious. doesn't it? According to a short report appearing in the New England Journal of Medicine this oh week, I don't gosh. know why they felt the need to say it was a short report. Also, Daily Just, Star, you're not one to judge whether something's like. Tell me about exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, doctors at a hospital in New Delhi, India, watch parasitic worms that had made it into the his, into a scrotum dancing. <laughs> Amit Sahu and Bharat Agarwal of the Max Super Speciality Hospital saw the wriggling ravers streaming through the 26-year-old man's lymphatic system. That sounds disgraceful. The man had been feeling ill for a while, with a one-month history of scrotal pain and swelling, <laughs> as well as low-grade fevers before he decided to seek medical help. An ultrasound examination quickly caught the ballsy revelers responsible. Blood testing confirmed the diagnosis and examination of the young worms identified them. Delicious. I don't know whether they're they're talking about the young worms in the testes or the man's little worm (laughs) that they they had to have a look at. Um, They were caused by something called... I'm not going to be able to say this right and it's not going to mean anything to anyone anyway. Go for it anyway. Bancrofty. I'm pretty sure Ruchereraria Bancrofty. It does sound like a dancing revelry troupe. It, it does sound like a group of dancing parasitic worms. Oh my god, they're spread by mosquitoes. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This man got bitten on his bollocks by a mosquito and it led to some parasitic worms having oh. a dance party in his bollocks. Was he bitten on the bollock, or was he bitten somewhere else and they tran- and they? I don't know, I added the bit. I'm, pre- I'm assuming, I'm just assuming. But what if he wasn't? What if he was just bitten on the arm, and then these worms went in and went, right, guys, all the way. to the testes, and then they journeyed there, because they were like, that's where we dance, that's where we have the best rave. Oh, my God, this story is actually horrific. Sorry, I was enjoying it to begin with. Adult worms can oh, live God. for five to seven years Fuck in off. your bollocks, Fuck off. and when they mate, they produce millions of boogieing babies. Um. <laughs> and they can be released for up to 10 years. Yeah. So if you just continue that life cycle in one person's nutsack... You're just going to have a you've massive... You've got a continuous disco for testicular decades. Desco, disco. <laughs> testicular disco. Fucking hell. So, boys, it is one for you boys. Uh, if you exhibit fever, chills, skin infections, painful lymph nodes and tender skins of your balls then do go to the doctors, because you might have a worm in your bollock doing a dance. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. There used to be a load of videos um, circulating on the internet of bot fly hatching in people. 
butterfly larva. Have you ever heard of this? No, this sounds like exactly the sort of thing I don't ever want to hear about. Yeah, it's just it just <laughs> freaks me out that I, I guess it's like not as common as the internet would like you to believe. But my goodness, people who are just That's like a bit like most things, indeed. <laughs> but like just these people that have been like bitten by something I don't know years ago, and they go, yeah, nothing of it, and then they're like, oh my god, there's a worm wriggling in my eye, or oh my god, there's a fucking lava crawling out of my shoulder, and you're like, what the fuck? I think anything living inside me. Oh, and I appreciate we all have, you know, stuff living inside. Nice things, yeah. But an actual thing. Oh, it's a hundred. Living on my body is probably probably the worst. <sighs> it's a hundred. There was two reasons I didn't go into general nursing, and I re- appreciate that both of these are pretty um, ex- not extreme, but uh, rare. Well, you, one's not. One's dislocated. Hated helping people. Uh, pe- and... People suck. No, <laughs> um, dislocated bones. I was like, fuck that. I never want to deal with a dislocation bone. Yeah. Um, just blah, blah. and um, people coming in with like people coming <laughs> people, <laughs> with the discoing people coming up discoing people, people imagine if someone came worms disco worms, disco worms well, it's dancing a bit, it's a little bit imagine like the shock enjoy. that you would find if you, if you were just busy <laughs> down there finishing everything off what in and the I, hospital no not as a nurse I just mean generally I've moved on Siobhan I've moved on <laughs> You attend into your own business or someone else's business and they just fired worms. And a fucking disco worm just Well, that's pops a little out. bit the thing that I'm not keen on, which is people turning... <laughs> disco worms coming out of someone's cock ends. It's not ideal, I'll be honest. No, it's the idea of people coming in with, like, infected wounds and then they've got, like, things living in them, like wow. maggots and stuff. I Welcome couldn't... to Breakfast Punks, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I hope you came here for this disgusting yeah. conversation about horrible things. <laughs> have you on? ever... Have you ever... Dealt with in your time any kind of wounds that have had things living in it? I've dealt with a lot of really, really disgusting wounds. Yeah. Like wounds like that smell of, of corpse. Yeah. And having smelt quite a few corpses as well, <laughs> I can I can directly compare and say <laughs> some people's wounds do smell like actual, actual death. Ugh. And normally when they smell that bad, they look pretty. They look like something out of a really unpleasant space-based horror <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when I worked in a care home. God, this is a horrible conversation. Apologies, everyone, but I'm going there. When I worked in a care home with my mum when I was a kid, and there was a little old lady called Marion. She was dead cute, but she walked a bit funny. And she always smelled like abs. Now I realise rotting flesh. Mm. But at the time, I was like, I don't know, poo? That smells bad, but you can't really say why. And my mum was like, yeah, she has a hole you could, in her hip you could put your fist in. I was like, mm. brilliant. I never want to see that. And I thankfully, never want to fist a hip. Never want to fist a hip if I can get away with it. Pressure sores. Guys, if you ever just roll over a bit, just <laughs> regularly, just make sure. I often think to myself, if I've sat down for too long, just shuffle about. Just shuffle about a bit. Shuffle about, go somewhere. Pressure, stand up. pressure sores really are the worst fucking thing. They don't go away. They really don't go away. No, you've basically just killed a bit of yourself. <laughs> anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Well, getting into the Christmas spirit, mm. I'm going somewhere with that. Ghosts. Spooked psychic Brit. Don't know why it specifically says Brit, but I'm going with it. It's the Daily Star again. Spook- so that we can be patriotic about them. I don't know if there's much to be patriotic <laughs> about this person, and you'll see why. Spooked psychic Brit claims she saw dead hamster spirit rise up from its body. <laughs> oh. Now, you know she's not stupid. This woman, because she was a skeptic. She was a skeptic. <laughs> well, officially. She- did she have a, was it a bit like Danny DeVito's donkey brains? Did she, did she have a bit of paper that said she was a sceptic? 
pretty much. Proof. Well, no, she's an <laughs> occupational therapist. Oh, so she's, you know, well, she's she good. must be middle class at the, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> she definitely is. Um, so the 64-year-old occupational therapist claims a supposed paranormal event changed everything for her, having once been very sceptical of an afterlife as a child. <laughs> a woman who describes herself as inverted commas, slightly psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is the same woman who's also a sceptic. Yeah, Helen but she, Elwood from But she Darby. is slightly, okay. She's slightly psychic, but she's also sceptical. So mm. she's a bit, you know, she's a bit, she didn't realise she was psychic, but she, she is slightly psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh, claims she saw the ghost of her friend's dead hamster rise from its body after it died in her hands. She says the spooky event has changed everything for her um, and now believes in an afterlife, one, um, having once been very sceptical. We all wonder where our pets go and when they die and whether we'll ever see them again. As a youngster, I would have said they go nowhere. I was sceptical of everything spiritual and terrified of death. There were no angels to take care of us and heaven was a fairy tale. But that all changed when my friend's hamster Beryl died in my hands. Can I just say that she talks like she's doing an occupational therapy creative writing group? Yeah. <laughs> immediately. I, like she's not that's not a real way that somebody talks. Exactly. This is just this is just ridiculous. Also, if if a hamster dies in your hands, it probably means you squeezed it too hard. <laughs> yeah. And she murdered the hamster. Me thinks you're a murderer and you're trying to get away with this. Um, and was her soul actually just Bits of hamster coming out of her. Anyway, let's not go or there. Just, let's not go there. Or a delusion. Or a delusion. Are you unwell? What's her name? Helen or Beryl? That all changed when my friend's hamster Beryl died in my hands. Seeing her soul rise from her body changed everything. She was in my arms and I knew she was dying. Before then, I had no belief system. It was all nonsense as far as I was concerned. But suddenly Beryl's body became fractionally lighter and a hamster-shaped sort of gold mist began rising up. I think you squeezed all the urine out of this hamster. Yeah, it could be um, piss. Then. It could be nothing. It could be light. But also, she's still talking like she's in a creative writing session. She is indeed. <laughs> um, even though she's a sceptic, she seems to have had quite a lot of, inverted commas, paranormal experiences in her life. She was visited by her uncle who had died when he came to me in my dreams. I didn't know he'd passed away. And it was only the next day that I was told that he died. The reason for all of this crap comes out here. She's written a book. <laughs> and, uh, and that is, of course, why this um, flowery language has come up. Um, oh, my God, that book must be so shit. Oh, uh, she... <laughs> for so many reasons. She's just, she's just so horrendous. That is the reason why I wrote my book. Some people, for instance, feel their dead cat jump on the bed or hear their dog's tail wagging. I'm not an extraordinary person. I'm an ordinary <laughs> no, person no, you're not, who has written it down. <laughs> also, Christmas time is a time when people think of those they've lost. Oh, dear Fuck Lord. Fuck off, Helen. Above. And stop squeezing hamsters until they die so you can write a book. When Horrible. I was a child, and I yeah. didn't really have as many scruples of, as I have now as an adult. Yeah. Uh, so just to be clear, I would never do this now. Yeah. Uh, when my cousin used to lend me a hamster... Uh, Lend you your hamster? To look after when they're on holiday. Okay, because so. it does sound a little bit like... We found that, that if you squeeze the hamster, its eyes popped out a bit. Not you... like all the way out, but just like its face got big. And so I'd, when my mates came around, I was like, oh, look at this. And then I used to squeeze the hamster and make his eyes pop out. <gasps> That's so bad. Yeah, that's why I went vegan. <laughs> to repent, to repent for your horrible sins as a child. You asswipe. Did you really squeeze a hamster until his eyes popped out? Not out. Like, let me be clear. Just a little bit, like, bulged. I should say bulged. Bulged eyes. Because I thought it was funny. I don't think the hamster was that bothered, really. He didn't really give a shit. But 
you know, in hindsight, again, I wouldn't do it now. I was a little child yeah. who was put in charge of a hamster and had none of the skills that one needed to look after to a look hamster. To life, no. I'm surprised <laughs> it survived. Oh, poor little hammy. Talking about survival. Okay. Corpse of Gran, buried 10 years ago, still almost intact with full head of hair. Now... Yeah. I would encourage anybody listening to this. Is a bit of a we do this too much on this podcast, uh, where you sort of need to see the pictures for this to be funny in okay. a way. Because um, this corpse of Gran, which is almost intact, is so far away from being in any way intact. <laughs> uh, so, basically, <laughs> I'm going to show this to Siobhan, and I think that her reaction will probably explain this to okay. you. Okay. An eerie video has shown a, perf- a perfectly intact corpse. Right. Okay. Remember those words. Complete with a full head of hair. Margarita Rosario died 10 years ago in the Dominican Republic. Her family recently decided to move her body from her tomb in the Montana Cemetery to a different location. Chilling footage captured the moments her corpse was moved. Let me just say as well, they didn't just pull this person's coffin out. They've literally like walked the corpse <laughs> from cemetery to cemetery. The corpse, who has been dressed in a nightgown, was uh, intact and to her family's surprise still had a full head of hair. In the clip, a male voice can be heard saying, look, she's the same. Are you ready for the same, <laughs> Siobhan? <she's>, sorry. <laughs> so Nan looks exactly like the tar man from Return of the Living Dead. I don't know if that it means anything to anybody. She could not look more like a really 10 year old corpse corpse if she wanted to but she does have a massive smile on her face also is that what she looked like when she was alive well that's the other there's two questions here one is is that what nan looked like Mm. i.e i can see her rib cage (laughs) through her her nightgown (laughs) and all of the bones in her legs and her arms yeah is that what nan looked like or are these people just fucking insane why did they walk her i don't know they've literally stood her up her her um, why is it's not, not like, funny it is someone's dead nan but they took her, photos of her and put her on the internet like the grandson is literally behind her there's a picture of her standing up right where she looks exactly like she did apparently and it says she can stand up with a little sport <laughs> and it's probably her grandson just holding her by the arms holding her corpse up to have a so camera like, have a have a photograph taken it's completely fucking mad they changed their nightgown so now she looks even more like oh, man used to look oh my god <laughs> jesus that's so bad in the 13 years that i've worked here i've never seen anything like it you must have seen loads of things like it because th- she just looks like a fucking corpse <laughs> they said that the woman was good that maybe that's why she has stayed that way because oh she gosh. performed a lot of favors uh, so if that's the case then stop being good everybody immediately and start being horrible because if so this your family if, don't dig you up and no you if about. this is what you get rewarded by after death for being good don't go down that route. Don't be good. You're just going to die and look like a corpse. Oh, yeah, shit. You will actually yeah. just die and look everyone like a corpse. Like Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it you? And also, not being funny, isn't it quite usual to have hair intact? Yeah, well, yeah. So I feel I like... I mean, hair rots eventually, but it yeah. but it takes... Yeah, it's, it's like a wig, right? Obviously, wigs are treated and stuff. Yeah. But if you cut the hair off your head... You know when people like save a lock of their hair? Yeah. It lasts forever. Well, not forever. It will rot eventually, but a long time. Definitely more than 10 years. Yeah, because when they're all like, oh, she's still got a full head of hair. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure that... I mean, it is stuck on, but she looks like she's she's sort of got a quiff. (laughs) She sort of looks like Elvis's corpse if he'd lost all the fat after his... 
after eating all them all banana sandwiches. sandwiches. Uh, it's been described as a case of spontaneous mummification. She does sort of look a little bit like she's been mummified, that's yeah. in fairness. The putrefaction process is mm. interrupted somewhere. The bacteria's decay does not continue its process. That sounds delicious. But she still looks like a corpse. <laughs> she really does look like a corpse. You're right, it looks like the Tarman from Return of the Living Dead, for sure. We often talk about weird Guinness World Records on this uh, podcast. We like a world record. We do like a world record. And um, I've got a list of the ten oddest ones that were set this year, mm. some of which I think we have mentioned before. Oh, I'm sure we've covered them in our intrepid reporting section of, of this very podcast. Of course. We bring the news to you. We bring the news. Um, one thing that's weird is in the introduction to this, they go, when most people think of Guinness World Records, they might think of the world's largest serving of guacamole. Oh. It's not generally <laughs> what I think of. That's very um, obscure. Can I just say, I work in a bookshop now, and... Good Lord, do we ever sell a lot of copies of the Guinness Book of World Records? Really? I was really surprised. I, like, I just sort of thought it. it was kind of like this archaic thing that like, maybe like kids of my age were probably the last yeah. ones to actually... I oh. never owned one, but like a lot of kids that I knew had one. But the amount of people are definitely buying for, for Christmas presents. Well, we've talked about this before in as much as... Um to set a Guinness World Record, it costs an awful, awful lot of money because there's a really long waiting list to do it for free. So you have to pay tons of money, mm. pretty much, to get someone to come and verify you. Just and for the TikTok lols. Just for the lols. And often it's like celebrities trying to rehash a career, people who do no. it, apparently. Yeah. But I thought that was because the books don't sell as well anymore. But maybe this time of the year they do. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just surprised. I mean, I suppose maybe in comparison, they don't. it's just it's one of those institutions, isn't yeah. it? That's like... Probably, you know, I suppose as a result, it's like the Beano book or something. Yeah. I'm sure not many kids read the Beano anymore, but it seems like the annual sells loads of them as well. Yeah. I suppose it's just a thing. Probably it's Nans buying it for their yeah. grandchildren, and the grandchildren are probably like, what the fuck what is, is this? this? Why does Nan keep buying me this fucking book? <laughs> well, Why we... has John Leslie from 80s Blue Peter tried to set the record <laughs> for eating the most waffles? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'd eat some waffles. We've still got to set our one for chicken nuggets. What made me think of John Leslie? I have no idea. I think he got, didn't he get, did he do a sex tape, John Leslie? I think he was um, shamed. I don't think he's a, he's not a celebrity anymore. I think there was definitely a uh, Blue Peter shamed person. I think it was him. I think it was him. There you go. All right. Naughty John A different one. A different one eating waffles. (laughs) John Fashionu. John Fashionu eating waffles. Well, no, that didn't happen this year, even though we all wished it did. I'd love to watch John Fashion eat loads of waffles really quickly. <laughs> I don't even know what John Fashion looks like. I don't you think could anymore. write to him and ask if he would. Just I think you. I will. You know when people he, do those cameos? I was about to say he's definitely on there. Yeah. If he's still alive. Or he you, might be dead. Let's be careful. Oh. But I don't, I don't think he is. After this, we'll ask. Can you ask people to do a cameo where they do something like eat waffles? Because it could be a sex thing. specific things. things and can you be like, it's up to them whether they do it. John Fashion, who can we have a close-up of your feet for ages? Uh, I don't. Th- I think that's OnlyFans. I don't think that's cameo. Yeah. I think there's a limit. We mm. can ask. I'm going to eh. ask John Fashion whether I can see his feet. <laughs> I thought it was waffles. Now it's feet. Eating waffles, but the, but the camera is on his feet at all times. But you can hear him eating waffles. You can hear him furiously eating the waffles quick. And you can see the crumbs <laughs> rolling down his shins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, some of the weirdest Guinness World Records this year. Most drink cans placed on head using air suction. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and this is ridiculous. Jamie Keaton, a.k.a. Canhead, or Canpa to his grandchildren, used air suction to affix 10 empty beverage cans to his face and shaved head, earning the record when the cans remained in place for at least five seconds. 
Um, and he apparently has a skin condition that's not named yet. Lies. Mm. Uh, where my skin pores literally suck in oxygen. We talked about this on the last episode as far as like Tommy Lee's music video that summed up his entire life yeah. just before he was about to die. If you, he, if he's being called Canpa, he's obviously someone's granddad. Yeah. So he's an older man. And that's how he's going to be remembered. That's how he's going to be remembered. At best is Canpa. He's literally getting his grandchildren to call him Canpa. Because that's Because sticking cans to his head with air... Is what he can do. That's his. That's, that's his, his what thing. he brings to the world. Oh. Well done, Kanpa. But I have two favourites. Mm-hmm. The fastest time to assemble Mr. Potato Head was set <laughs> this year by Lim K. Yi of Butterworth, Malaysia. That um, does take some skill. Five point four three seconds. Oh, that's crazy. To put all of the pieces in the proper spots, so there must have been someone going. Uh, 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 that's not what it looks like. I'm sure no, if you correct. are someone who's going for a record of putting Mr. Potato Head together, you know which bits go where. You know. <laughs> you don't you need someone doing. else going. No, you've put that no, eye where the correct. mouth should be. <laughs> you can't. If it's five point four seconds, oh, you nearly had it. Lindy. You've got to know. No, but my favourite one: longest journey by pumpkin boat, and a pumpkin boat is literally. A hollowed out pumpkin. Someone sat in a hollowed out pumpkin. Did we do this story on the podcast or did I Dream almost it. do this story on the podcast? I've definitely, I read, I remember this happening. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, amazing. So we might have talked about this already. I'm not sure. This man, uh, Dwayne Hansen, he hollowed out a pumpkin and went on the Missouri River the day after his 60th birthday and paddled for 37.50 miles. And it's a massive pumpkin, isn't it? I mean, it would need to be. It would have, have to a man be, I guess. It. But no, yeah. I remember the picture of it. It's a huge pumpkin. Is it a huge pumpkin? And if I remember rightly, it's, it took him years to grow it. Oh. Does that sound right? I think that's true. I think he, it took him years to grow it, and then he had to obviously cut the thing up and make yeah. it into the shape of a boat. And it was like, if he got anything wrong, then years of his life was going to be completely wasted. Because he'd spent ages getting this pumpkin to the right size yeah and he basically had one chance to do this world record we well, crushed it he beat the other record by like 12 12 miles good boy good boy Dwayne. that's what you do on your 60th get in a pumpkin and float it down a river do you think his grandchildren call him grand pump grand pump because <laughs> of the pumpkin <laughs> a bit like cran can dad pumpa pumpa can- what was it canpa grandpa no i ain't got it i ain't got it Imagine Grumpkin. calling you um, gr- what? Oh yeah, that works. Yeah. Imagine calling you granddad, grandpump. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. Well, man who may or may not call his granddad grandpump mm-hmm. uh, went viral. Apparently, I don't know how famous this is, uh, but a man who went viral for kicking snowman still jobless and says the sacking messed him over big time. What? This is from the Lad Bible. Oh. A bin man who gained notoriety and went viral for kicking the head off a snowman last year has revealed that he's struggled to find a job since then. What? <laughs> Callum Woodhouse went viral back in January 2021 when CCTV footage showed him kicking three-year-old Joseph Taylor's <laughs> snowman whilst emptying out his family bins. Woodhouse ended up getting sacked for the stunt, but was confused that it cost him a job as the snowman built by the three-year-old child doesn't have feelings. Uh, the bin man refused to apologise for destroying the snowman, saying he didn't understand why it has come to this, and it would have melted away and, <laughs> and offered to build the child a new one as a replacement. There's a CCTV footage of just showing him, and he, he's, he just he just roundhouse kicks the head off this, this, brilliant. Off this snowman. I'm with him. I'm I know with him. you would be. That's I'm, why I brought I, it up. I, do feel, I mean, I don't feel that sorry for him in as much as, you know, come on. That's not the reason you can't find another job. 
Well, yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, there's so many different, as ever, there's so many different aspects of this news story. So on the one hand, I imagine he was difficult in other ways, which led to his sacking. Quite possibly. But I mean, either way, yes, there's the question of should this man get sacked? There's a whole other question. Yeah, absurd. There's a whole other question about why this news story exists and how, who came up with it and why this man who presumably has a personality disorder and is trying to make himself into some sort of major victim has then sort of created this massive sob story that the lad Bible have then decided to to go with. So, you know, I feel sorry for the man. He shouldn't have lost his job. And I I think he's brilliant in a lot of ways. Kick all children's. Uh, I was going to say heads off. (laughs) Kick all children's uh, snowmen's heads off. I don't know. So it's almost two years since the infamous snowman kicking incident. He told the Daily Star getting sacked messed him over big time and he hasn't had a full-time job since then. The former bin man says he got done over with his sacking as he put more than I should have done into that job, claiming that in his time as a bin man, not once did I let the company down. (laughs) I think he's missing the point. But also, again, he shouldn't have got sacked for kicking the snowman's head off. Um, It's brilliant. Imagine if you were on shift with him, you get to see that. That'd be well fun. A lot of people thought the sacking the bin man for kicking a snowman was a bit too harsh as far as punishments go, with thousands signing a petition to get him his job back. At the time, they called on the council um, and contractor to grow up and give this man his job back. That's what they all signed. That was the name of the petition. Grow up and give this man his job back. (laughs) Uh, The petitioners argued that he'd worked throughout the whole pandemic and been left with no income in times like this for knocking down a snowman. True. 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 Uh, do you, so you don't think that he should have got sacked for kicking Absolutely the head off a snowman? Absolutely not, but again, I have the funny feeling that a man who kicks snowmen's heads off and then claims that's why he got sacked, I don't know, I feel like he may be a difficult man and maybe got sacked for some other reasons and then has decided that this is the reason. I'm Do you not care about the feelings of this three-year-old that had oh, to watch his beloved snowman not. have I bet he didn't watch kicked it. off? Nah. Oh, I mean, if the child did see it, then that's Well, he will hilarious. have seen it because it went viral on TikTok. I mean, it would have been hilarious. <laughs> Um, like actually fucking hilarious but he offered to build it again I don't know I don't think no one should be sacked for that but again me thinks that this man may be more difficult than he's letting on and maybe got sacked for some other reasons I think also there's another side of this and clearly I've done a lot of jobs where there's a lot of boys together stupid idiot boys yeah. doing the doing the pointless doing the job hating their job yeah. you know nursing for example no no not nursing <laughs> <laughs> but other things yeah and, you know, they would have... I bet he kicked the heads off so many... Snow- I bet that day someone said to him, how many snowmen's heads can exactly. you kick off or something? They've got to keep their life interesting somehow. They're they binmen, prob- which is fine, and it's a very useful job. I'm not, like, talking down to binmen. And I'm sure that, to some extent, there's there's enjoyment in it in as much as you're outside and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it gets fucking let him off. Yeah. Let him kick the head off a snowman. They probably He's probably in- pissed off that day. Exactly. He might have been sad. Better that he kicked the head off a snowman than, I don't know, punch someone. He's well, he might have done that later on in the day for a week. He might have he gone down the pub afterwards. He's on. <laughs> but he definitely should be sacked for kicking it. I want to kick a head off a snowman now. Well, there's Especially no snow Especially if I left. knew that a child was watching. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get sacked from this podcast if you did that. I if it went not. viral. I'd be promoted. I'd be promoted. <laughs> I think that would be the best Immediate thing Immediate sack and termination it would be. Termination. <laughs> And then everyone will get breakfast punks as it almost was today with just me talking just to myself. Just you, chatting away. <laughs> um, this one does come with a small visual along the way that I'll be happy to show people because I think it's beautiful. Border Collie who crashed into car and wrote it off. 
Sorry, did a dog get hit by a car no, and you're bringing this up in, in for fun? No, it's it's written wrong, but <laughs> I'll explain it. Border Collie, who crashed into car and wrote it off, still a good dog, owner says. Freya, <laughs> well, he sounds like he might be dead. Freya will be Quick. confined to a cage in the boot for the future. <laughs> and there's a beautiful picture um, taken from the owner of the car that got crashed into. They've got a little uh, doorbell camera so you can see what happened and it's just it's just beautiful a border collie that crashed a jeep into another parked car is still a very good dog her family say he was driving the jeep the co- yeah the border collie was driving <laughs> oh, the jeep fuck me here is the pi- I'm just going to show Dave the picture and I'll definitely make sure I put this on Instagram there's the picture <laughs> of the border collie driving the jeep it's, it's oh, his so, little face is so just over perfect. the steering wheel <laughs> Actually, he yes. looks sort of really happy with himself as well. He's so good. Um, oh, but dear. her naughty antics mean she will no longer get to ride up front and will be banished to the boot for, for future trips. Let's be clear, the dog can ride up front, but it just shouldn't be in charge of the wheel. I don't think it was meant to be. So what <laughs> happened was Freya jumped into the front seat and knocked the automatic ge- gearbox into drive and sent the vehicle going down the hill. And at this point, the owner had gotten out of the car and was dealing with a different dog. So looked back and was like, holy shit, that car's driving down the hill. And then it was the other person's car who um, the car went into. Like I say, Did the airbag go off in that little dog's face? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. I think it just kind of went to a slow slow, uh, crash. Um, Sean Waller, whose car got crashed into, he heard a bang. So he went outside and he saw that his neighbor's Jeep had collided with his parked car. Um, And then when he went back to look at the doorbell footage, he saw that it was Freya who was at the wheel (laughs) after the car had accidentally been put in gear. Um, It's so beautiful. I love it. Oh, that dog can't steer. That dog can't steer. But um, he's not too worried. He said it's hilarious. Um, And they're just going to be in the boot from now on. But she's a very good dog. Still good dog. She's still and that's, certified. That's what again a bit like Danny DeVito's uh, monkey brains. <laughs> yeah. Certified good dog. Exactly, and I love that throughout all of this, the owners are just really stressing. But she is a good dog. It was not her fault. <laughs> and that picture of her little driving down the deep is so good. Little <laughs> Freya, I love oh, it. Oh dear. Right, last news story. Let me be clear. War is not funny. War is not funny. Okay. But I oh. couldn't help. I could, I've been staying away because there's been the Daily Star loves. They, these haven't all been from the Daily Star. Yeah. But the Daily Star does love trying to sort of mock Putin. Yeah. And I've ignored them up until now, but mm. I had no choice because of because of this news story is too apt for this episode of Breakfast Punks. Oh, Vladimir Putin to send in clowns to Ukraine oh, to boost God. Russian troops flagging morale. Oh, God. Vladimir Putin is to send in the clowns in the hope their slapstick antics will boost his troops' flagging morale. The Russian Defence Ministry has announced the formation of a frontline creative brigade of artists. The unit will feature musicians, opera singers, actors and circus performers who will put on shows for Putin's men in a bid to blow away their combat blues. Those involved will have either volunteered for military service or have been drafted as part of the Kremlin's mobilisation of reservists. So oh, let's just dear. be clear, these clowns at any point could just join in the battle. And start. <laughs> and that's, so that was mostly why i thought again war is not funny no war is not funny but it is funny to think that possibly clowns will just suddenly have to take up arms <laughs> i do think that would be quite funny but here's what's really funny about this news story. about this war story from this point onwards they just start talking about the war okay. generally so they talk about you know how the military for how low the morale is and how uh 
the um, the UK's Ministry of Defence noted that Russian soldiers currently face high casualty rates. They go into like the serious stuff, as serious as the Daily Star gets. Yeah. But whilst doing this, they've just got. Sorry, this is funny. They've just got loads of stock pictures of clowns in between to go along with the story. So you read a bit about the Ministry of Defence noted Russian soldiers currently face high casualty rates, and then below it is just a picture from a stock oh, picture from Getty God. Images of a clown with a balloon. Oh. And then it just keeps going. BBC Newsnight said senior figures in Whitehall feared Mr. Sunak may switch to him because they go into all like what the UK's doing. And then there's just another picture of a clown. Oh, gosh. I don't know if that's Good deliberate or not, but uh, I did enjoy it. Do you know where there's a lot of clowns? Norfolk. Norfolk news, as always, is just thrilling this week. Absolutely thrilling. Norwich has... (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Everyone's on the tip of their chairs waiting for this thrill. Norwich has got a lot of famous claims to fame. There you go. Claims to fame, being as it's got, I don't know... Famous turkeys, famous mustard. Johnny Depp lives there, who's a famous cholerophobic. He apparently is scared of clowns. Didn't he play one? Didn't Charlie the Chocolate Factory any bit clowny in no. there? No. All right, then. Well, he's not. He's Willy Wonka. He's not and a clown. And now, does Norwich have the dirtiest road sign? Ooh. It might do. This is this is how good the, Nor- the Norfolk yeah. News is. Um, calls to clean Norwich's dirtiest road sign along Earlham Road. Oh, sorry, you mean dirtiest as not in muddiest? Not dirtiest, yeah, not oh, I dirtiest thought it was in be like, like cock tits and, or tits and cocks tits or something. McGee's and, no, none of that. Oh, is. literally just as filthy. Literally, there's just one filthy sign. Right. Councillor Matt Riley has been trying to get this sign cleaned for seven months and he submitted his own fucking image to the evening news of him stood next to this sign all angry. It's just a single road sign. Just one road so, sign. So, in the time it took him to get that photo taken of himself he in front of the thing, it. he could have just got out yeah. a, a little uh, napkin. I mean, I can see, Mr. Matt Riley, that you are tall enough to clean that sign. <laughs> Unlike and most yet, people in Norfolk. Exactly. Not wrong. And he could have fucking cleaned it. He's got mittens on. <laughs> he has got mittens on. He's got mittens on. Quite. He's... I will say this as well. Quite de- like a decent set of mittens, those are. And uh, the, I think... The thought that could handle a cold, wet sponge you wouldn't on have any cold day hands. of the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got a fucking puffer jacket on. There's no reason, Matt Riley, why you couldn't have done it, but you got your mate to take a photo of you next to it. I do know that it's driving up to five ways roundabout is very dangerous. You do need to know that that roundabout is coming. So it's a roundabout sign, is it's it? It's a sign for a roundabout. It's got five exits. It's a busy one. <laughs> you do want to know what's coming up. And in fairness, on that sign, you can't see shit. But... It's a mucky sign. Just fucking clean it. Just fucking clean it. Anywho, this came up in an Angry People and Newspapers uh, group that I saw. And it got... So when you say group that you saw, what Facebook, you mean is group that you're in? That I'm in, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um, it was shared with the little title that says, All roads point to Orlando's anyway. So what I quite oh, liked about this nice. is that everyone's it's well on. It's catching on. It's catching yeah. on. I think that's us. And <laughs> Orlando's is well near this. So he's not... Like, the people who reposted it, they're not even... They don't realise how right they are that this is actually really close to Orlando's. So when but, we all go for our Big Breakfast Punks meet-up at Orlando's in Norfolk, people when, from all over the country yeah. coming down to celebrate the Breakfast watch, Punks podcast. Watch out for the five ways round. Watch out, because it might be mucky. The might sign be might mucky. be mucky. Yeah. Doesn't, ra- won't, doesn't the rain get rid of it? Does it never rain in that 
seven, mean, seven months he's been trying to get it clean, David. <laughs> seven months. Anywho, all of this leads to another story that I was made aware of, um, which made me laugh. Uh, it's not actually that funny, but there's something wrong with my school that I went to when I was a child. No. Thinking about Orlando's. I mean, that's obvious, Siobhan. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, all the teachers from my school, and I would like to get other people's opinions on their school and their teachers, but all the teachers at my school were fucking wrong uns, it turns out. <laughs> so Orlando's, Mr. Williams, is, is, you know, dodging stuff going on well, with he's just the council. Started, he's just started up a takeaway service for people. But he hasn't, He hasn't gone remember. through the official. He's, he's and we'll go there one day. But I was then made aware of another news story. This is a bit more nefarious, but there's something wrong with the water at my school. Um... <laughs> One of my teachers that was at my school has just been arrested for sending pictures to a young boy. Oh, pictures of uh, p- his her boobies. Dog. Oh, right. Her oh, bo- her boobies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And um, I was just thinking, what the fuck's wrong with some of these people? Did you have any dodgy teachers at your school? We had a very. Got in any trouble? We had there's sh- always some, isn't there? We had a short man that taught RE who went out with a sixth former. Oh yeah, we had a we had a substitute teacher that done that. He used to sell drugs. To but the I, six forms. I do feel like that might have been a rumor, and I'm not really sure. There was one guy who, in fairness, definitely he was a he was some sort of design and technology teacher. Oh, it's always them. We have one. Is it? <laughs> yeah, we have one. He definitely suffered from quite serious mental health problems, oh. I think, and so that's why. But obviously, you don't realize that when you're younger. And he did yeah. used to lose his mind, and there was one day where he chased a boy around the school with a stick. <laughs> he didn't hit him with it, but uh, but that was fun. I mean, this was the nineties. <laughs> So, you know, that, that was, was part of the programme. He didn't even have it. I think he had a bit of time off sick for a couple of days, but he was back. He was yeah. back pretty soon. There wasn't there wasn't really. Um, but no, we. D- I don't know. I think I'm not really sure. I can't. I don't have much memory of school, so Do I don't really not? remember any of my teachers. That's I'm not trauma, very, that is. So you probably, oh, maybe, you yeah, probably yeah. sent some pictures no, to someone really, or chased really, with that stick. Just a really shit memory. Just a really In the memory. 90s, you couldn't send pictures of your boobs to anyone. That's not true. unless you went. It's quite a long... Process. You had to go take them down to Jiffy, whatever the... <laughs> Jiffy. I don't know, Boots. Take them down to Boots. Get, no, Boots sorry, didn't do you? it back then. Did they not? No, you had to go to the proper... Happy they, there was like, Yeah, maybe Happy Snaps. Even Happy, Happy Snaps. Even that was... Uh, I think even that was a bit later. Didn't there you was have like a Kodak, Kodak shop? Yeah, there was Kodak yeah. shops. They were all sort of independent. It's a bit like video shops. You had to really put a lot of effort into sending to students pictures off. of your tits. Yeah, you did. Or you probably just did it in real life and left no evidence. That's a bit <laughs> fucking dark. But I bet they did. Anywho, my teachers were wrong ones, apparently. One's Orlando's. He's a good boy. Well, Mr. Williams. But then this other woman. Send, so is this a woman that you pictures. knew? Or is this a new, she, I remember, a new teacher? No, she came into my school not long after, not long before I left. Um, so she's not a young. She's not a young. Person, she's a young, then. and she's forty-four. She's so not she's young. On the, well, she's not young, young, <laughs> but she's on the young and side. And I went to look up pictures of her. I was like, "Do I remember this person?" And we've got six mutual and friends had, on Facebook. Yeah, just loads and loads of pictures of her tits. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, I know her tits. Yeah, but she we sent do. Me them. We do have six mutual friends, and they are all. Boys of my year. Oh, really? So, so maybe I, this has been going on for a while. I wonder. Naughty, naughty, Miss Cooper. I'm naming you now because you were named in the I'm paper. just doing the maths. The boys in your year would have got the tits when they were kind of in their late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> so whereas these poor suckers now are getting the 44-year-old tits. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> nothing well, wrong with 44-year-old tits. I bet. I'm sorry. I'm just I mean, nothing against, against the boobs. We didn't see them in, no, in, the, in the EDP. they might be fantastic. 
But um, oh, they might have been horseshit when they when she was in her twenties. Who knows? Not for thirteen year old boys, <laughs> it turns out. And she'd moved to the thirteen too, not like sixth formers or anything. Not that makes it better, that much better, but. That's, like a, little, young, that's yeah. like a little child. Sending them to the youngest. And she'd moved to the Catholic school. And she'd well, done it there. Well, naughty. they expect that there, I imagine, the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can use any of this, so we're now we're going to play a song. Whoops! <laughs> this is a band called Gripe, who are from Chile. It's oh, from it's a cassette. Well uh, it is. It's from a, a cassette that uh, came out earlier this year via Junko Records. The song is called Dejame Solo, and I may have said that wrong. I but if it. I did say that wrong, then the cassette is also called Dejame Solo, so I might have said that wrong as well. I like so it. this is Gripe with Dejame Solo. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 52 of The Breakfast Punks. Uh, we're now going to talk about some clowns. Clown, clown. Some scary clowns. Uh, not all scary clowns, just clowns. Clowns are good. I'm just going to talk about clowns. <laughs> so the idea of this came from a book that I recently read, which is called The Book of Phobias and Manias, written by Kate Summerscales. Kate Summerscale wrote the book The Suspicions of Mr. Witcher, which I think was quite a big fiction book from okay. quite a long time ago. This is literally a dictionary of phobias and manias, and nice. it's a very interesting book. It's just come out. It's been published by the Welcome Collection, who are really cool. And uh, there's a museum in London. There is, somewhere in an angel sort of way, yeah. Yeah, it's, which is, it often has some very interesting things, although we haven't been there for many years. Many years. Because we live in Hastings now. Exactly, we don't live in London anymore. Uh, I found this book very interesting for a lot of reasons. It's kind of like a bit of fun. Like, it, So it goes through all of the different phobias and the different manias and stuff, and it kind of starts with just interesting subtext that goes into phobias and manias and things. But then it also does talk a lot about the psychology behind them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I found that very interesting, generally. I don't know if we're going to really cover that too much, but we might, so I'm just warning you. <laughs> but to, to get into clowns very specifically, the chlorophobia is um, the fear of clowns, or the morbid fear of clowns, in <clears throat> fact. Um, they don't really know where the name comes from. There's a couple of different possibilities. Oh, yeah. um, 
But they believe that the term only came about sometime in the 1980s, possibly even the 1990s, which I found quite surprising. There was not a fear of clowns, official fear of clowns, until relatively late. And uh, the book talks about how clowns were really loved figures in the 60s and 70s, and Mm. it brings up a couple of examples. One of them is called Bozo the Clown, who is very much an American figure. And possibly if you're in the UK, it's not really someone that we would necessarily have known. I mean, also he was in the 60s or whatever, so we probably wouldn't know him either way because we're so young. So young. Good looking. But one that you definitely will all know is Ronald McDonald. Oh, the happy clown. And of course, Ronald McDonald now, I don't know, I suppose there's so many different kind of connotations with ronald at this point but in the from the 60s all the way up until probably the 90s was quite beloved well and he's still the face of the children's charity that mcdonald's um have that's the ronald mcdonald oh that's interesting like houses they're, yeah, they're probably, the names. yeah i don't know if they still exist but it's a bit like a bernardo sort of thing there was these kind of like children uh that was where the money from McDonald's, when they collect money for charity, it was their specific Ronald McDonald houses and charity. But I would say, I interestingly, Ronald McDonald, to my knowledge, I haven't stepped foot in a McDonald's for mm. pr- probably 15 years, so I can't really say this for a fact, but I think I'm right in saying there is no longer murals on every wall of the McDonald's with, like, Ronald skipping no through a field. I have no idea. There, there was, was one. Was there was one in Orpington. There was a big mural. There was right. Ronald. He was holding hands with Hamburglar and that weird purple ball with a face. I don't yeah. know what his name was. No idea. But there was a massive mural, and, like, Ronald was all over the place. And I think, if I remember rightly, when I was a kid... And I, th- I presume McDonald's don't do this anymore. And they might not be able to, actually. I'm not saying health and safety gone mad. But no. it might be health and safety gone mad. When we were kids, you used to, like, have your birthday party at McDonald's. Yeah. And then you and a friend would be taken behind the scenes yeah. and shown all the fryers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, which that is was, such a fucking... At the time, it was like you were the special really. kid. If you, if your mate took you behind the scenes at McDonald's... We're going to go see where they keep the birds. You were special. You yeah. were like the one who was... I was never allowed to have birthday parties at McDonald's, so I had to wait for another boy to want to take me behind the scenes, and I don't think I ever got taken. Aww. I never saw the fryers. I think I got shown around a Burger King once as Oh, a I didn't know Burger King even did it. Yeah, they did a party too, and I'm pretty sure that's... I don't think I ever went backstage in the uh, in the in the McDonald's but I definitely went somewhere in the Burger King one. Oh, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. I did go to, I definitely went to a few birthday parties but point being yes I think that even when I was a kid somebody dressed as Ronald McDonald sometimes was in those restaurants. Yeah. You can't call them a restaurant can you? But you know I I don't know it wouldn't have been for like everybody's birthday but I think there was events sometimes. I'm pretty sure I remember a Ronald McDonald yeah. being in the McDonald's of Orpington. <laughs> just Probably. like farting about just farting. just kind of encouraging kids to eat really fatty burgers <laughs> i suppose but the uh, the interesting thing that the book says about both ronald mcdonald and to some extent bozo is one of the reasons why clowns were so popular as a kind of uh, mainstream tool mm. for something like a fast food restaurant is of course because anybody could just be ronald mcdonald you just paint your face. Oh. There wasn't like a bozo. There yeah. wasn't a Ronald McDonald. It's a bit like when people dress up as Santa, you just put the yeah. outfit on and yeah, yeah, it could be yeah. anyone underneath there. So, of course, that meant that loads of places used clowns in lots of different ways in the 60s and 70s. Right. So, you know, an obvious example would be you watch movies now and for a children's party, they hire a clown. Yeah. There was, that was someone's job yeah. to go and be a clown at a children's birthday party. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine... Many people are hiring clowns to go and do children's birthday parties now because Probably everybody generally now. sees clowns 
as this really scary thing. But there was a time where they didn't, I guess. What you yeah, like so in the sixties and seventies, they were considered like things you would. I'm pretty sure I've been to a party where there was a clown. But you're right. I don't. I. I think it back went then, on. It, was it a went thing on to into do. the nineties. I think it was. Yeah. It was, like I say, coolerophobia didn't even exist according to this book until mm. possibly the nineteen nineties. So it makes what? sense that even you, as a young child, would potentially have. Uh, particularly in Norfolk. <laughs> oh yeah, we're late to everything. Oh, there was loads of clowns in Norfolk. There's probably still clowns in Norfolk. But the clown market took a huge hit mm-hmm. in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And the reputation of clowns generally was very badly damaged by the conviction of our friend John Wayne Gacy. He's not our friend. John Wayne. Really I was about to say. Um, John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer that called, killed 33, at least. At least. Proven 33 young men and boys and buried them under his cruel space in his house. Mm, delicious. But he also was a sort of person of the community. Yeah, didn't he have a lot of money? This. And wasn't he, like, influential? Like, he used to be on loads of, like, commit, committee boards or he was just generally... What all yes. psychopaths do, which we c- is get get involved with their... Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Come across as a nice person. You've summed it already. We can't tell the story of John Wayne Gacy nah. on this podcast, really. We'll just talk around him mostly. I'm sure most people kind of vaguely know the story, but um, he was exactly that yeah i think he tried to get into politics when he was younger yes and he's poli- and that was in another town uh, so he ended up in chicago but prior to that he was somewhere else and he was into politics and then he was arrested for some Sodomy. sort of sexual assault yeah. and so that ruined his political career so he moved to chicago and then kind of started again and he Sorry. joined the grand lodge some grand lodge yeah. or something and yeah, and, and wasn't didn't become a politician, but was kind of like one of those people that was, was like involved donator, in politics. Wasn't he? Yeah, he ran a, a company, like a building company. Yeah, and so yeah, he had a, had money to spare, and so he got a lot of people on on his side, I suppose. Um, and he b- paid for a lot of things for the police department. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is, is a, how you get away with things. Yeah, in a corrupt uh, society. He also said nobody ever questions what clowns do. Hell, clowns can go up to broads on the sidelines and squeeze their tits, and all the women do is giggle. You know, clowns can get away with murder. <laughs> this was a f- um, fairly famous uh, quote of Gacy's. And more to the point, he was actually a clown that went and performed at people's birthdays yeah, or I in think hospital, so. it's like never, a couple of times. It's never totally clear. So we have watched quite a lot of documentaries about John mm. Wayne Gacy, but we're mostly going to talk about a television movie that was made about him in 1992, which was called To Catch a Killer, um, starring Brian Dennehy, who is a fairly famous actor whose face I think people would know. Did you know Brian I Dennehy I actually was? didn't know. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. He's sort of just someone who's in a lot of things, very much like a character actor. Yeah. He's quite famous for this role. He actually won an award for it. I think he won like he a Grammy well, or something. I think he's brilliant in it. He's good. And I happened to have watched this thing at some point in my life and had really fond memories of it. And so I thought, we're basically going to be comparing John Wayne Gacy and Pennywise the Clown from it. So why don't we use the equivalent <laughs> sources? So the sources that we've used is two TV movies. I think it's the for best the most way to part. do it. Which, by the way, and I think I'm right in this, I am almost, this is a very minor point, I'm almost 100% sure that there is a scene in the Brian Dennehy movie, To Catch a Killer, yeah. which is filmed in the same <gasps> building as the library that appears in It, in the yeah. in the second part of the original It series, uh, where he's sitting in a library and he's saying beep, beep, Richie a lot. Yeah. I'm almost 100% sure, and they were both, all I can find out, I've tried to find this out for a fact, and mm-hmm. I can't find it out for a fact, but they were both filmed in Canada. 
Okay. <laughs> so, well, that's the small, so, small place of Canada. Could be so few places it could be. But yeah, so To Catch a Killer, right? It's on YouTube. It's freely available. Yeah. Uh, it was a two-part like mini-series that they made about him. It's very much sort of based on fact. <laughs> sort of. It's, uh, I think well, actually, it is quite. It is. They, they, they mush a lot of stuff together. And I will say, from the perspective of doing a podcast about uh, scary clowns, there is only one scene in this three-hour-long thing in yeah, which uh, Brian Dennehy is dressed as a clown. In this program, they kind of shoehorn it into... Uh, later day almost where he's yeah. in a hospital so yeah. the the idea of the program is that they get a whiff that he maybe has killed a boy and then there's like a really good cop who's desperate to catch John Wayne yeah. Gacy so then they have to splurge basically all of Gacy's life which actually happened over probably a 20 year period yeah. that he's famous for into like the three months before he was caught yeah so he yeah so the clown thing there's just loads of pictures of him dressed as a clown I think it was more community events I don't know if he actually did kids parties or not no but he, I think he did go to hospitals he definitely didn't do a scene where he's like which they do in the uh, in the, in the um, TV movie where he's like speaking to the children but staring at the police officers who's just walked in but like clowns can get away with murder yeah. like they really do hodgepodge it all together I it's quite wonderful I'm actually. just gonna say that I didn't necessarily realise this until we watched this um, John Wayne Gacy uh, almost documentary I'm gonna call it almost a documentary uh, yeah I fucking love 80s and 90s TV movies <laughs> it turns out <laughs> There is something about they they're, they're so unsubtle. So this um, this one about John Wayne Gacy, like it literally starts with about fifty people in di- in different scenes, fifty different people saying something along the lines of "God, it's terrible that the cops have to wait forty eight hours before someone's yeah. allowed to be missing." Yeah, and oh, the cops have they're, they're not finding my son, and yeah. they're, so they're saying um, I've got to wait for forty eight hours. They had a real bee in their bonnet about. This oh, they showed about four thing. different scenarios prior <laughs> to the one where. Prior to anything to do with John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, yeah, actually. yeah. I mean, they probably all, the, the point was they all ended up being to do with him, but yeah. um, they really had to be in their bonnet about they that. And, they, and they're so, the this, this, the beautiful thing about these TV movies, this one is based on fact, and there is a mm-hmm. lot of fact in it, but there's an awful lot of not fact as well. But they're so black and white, which of course is the thing I hate most about media. Yeah. In, in certainly in the modern world like but there is something about the way that they're done it's just so wonderful the baddies yeah. are really bad all the time the goodies are really good like almost too good <laughs> they're oh, not gosh. flawed when they're not flawed in any way whatsoever it's when the police officer's coming home and he's like I'm going to have to miss your game again, son. He's like, it's okay. I know you work really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort true. of stuff. Everyone's like sickly sweet. The wife and the wife's is never like, pissed oh, off at him. How are, you, how are you feeling? Yeah. yeah, it's like... Oh, it's a shame you couldn't come to anything that we've planned. But you're trying so hard. The community needs you. Yeah. You're just like, really? They'd just be fucking angry with each other. Well, like, yeah, fucking quit your job. If, you've, got a, you've got a family at home. But they would. Twat. Well, they definitely would be if it was made now. Yeah. And, and and obviously that would be more realistic. But I mean, I think also in real life, it would just be something in between, wouldn't it? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes they wouldn't say anything beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would just say like, hi, do yeah. you want some dinner? <laughs> You yeah, know? exactly. There's none of that. Every every bit of like real life is just removed. Exactly. And then it's just sort of plonked in this in this world whereby the goodies are really good and the baddies are really bad and everything's simple and the music tells you exactly how to feel. I love it though. So um, on the nose. But also, and this is so this is why it's very comparable in a lot of ways to the original It films, is that like they look a certain way, and I think I like that as well. They're really like soft focus mm-hmm. and it's just really easy to watch. I think it must just be that when I was a kid, because we didn't really have 
TV movies in the UK. Or we did, but they were very different. So this, Not like this now, is, where there's I'm, things that go straight to Netflix and straight to Amazon. Yeah. Like that would have been the equivalent now, I guess. But I suppose they had, like, in America, they would have, like, events. So, like, it, yeah, it was, was like, event. a four-hour-long thing shown over two nights yeah. and that was like a big not a big thing necessarily I suppose some of them were big and some of them weren't Yeah, if they were popular they were big but they all looked exactly the same like I say they all used the same library <laughs> yeah <laughs> in Canada um, <laughs> we think perhaps maybe you heard it here now it's a fact <laughs> but I just I, I loved this thing I loved the Brian Dennehy thing. I thought he was brilliant in it I actually thought the cop was really brilliant in yeah, it as well no, but I mean good. but not good in comparison like if you just compare it to anything being made now and maybe you know this is something that we can talk about like the way that true crime is presented right this second in time yeah like specifically mostly from netflix documentaries and Mm. other streaming service documentaries because they've they've worked out that they're onto a winner yeah they can put out every week pretty much any anything exactly and obviously this is completely different to that because for the most part Netflix are doing more documentary style. Yeah, there's not like um, dramatizations like no. this one was. But there has been a very recent one, which was that very popular Jeffrey Dahmer. People went uh, and people went that. crazy for yeah. that. Um, but the difference is like chalk and cheese. I mean, this there's there is no there's no similarities between the way that these things were presented in the in the eighties and nineties in comparison yeah. to the way that they're presented now, because they're presented now as this sort of like real hard true crime. Here's yeah. the facts. Here's the yeah. victims. Here's the. Whereas then it was just so sensationalized. It was but, just so like, <laughs> look at this guy. He killed loads of people and dressed as a clown. This is amazing. Yeah, this, this is such a good this story. This is TV gold. Yeah, I'm going to make so much money. Whereas now, the, but now it's sensationalized still, just in a very different way. You're made to believe that you're getting all the facts, but actually you're getting even less than you probably did in this fucking dramatization. Yeah. In, in a way. Oh, no. But you I, come and you're an absolute expert in it. Like that making a murderer thing where everyone's like, oh, this definitely happened. But it's just like drip feeding you facts in a certain order so that you get a particular view of the story. Yeah. Um. I think Whereas, that's that's definitely true. Yeah, editing can make yeah. anything look one way or the and, other, and even that's if it, you know that's enjoyable to a point because you think you're like feeling like an expert. But the nice thing about the '90s TV movie of the John Wayne Gacy one is that you you don't you don't think you're learning anything. It's just you're being entertained by this horrible story but you know it's entertainment whereas the true crime ones you think oh no this isn't t- entertainment I'm, I'm being part of the detective story but actually it's even worse totally I think that there was probably something I, I, I really think this that there was something much more honest mm. about what they expected of the viewer so if you go back to the 80s and 90s and even later than that as well more or less like just not this kind of Netflix era of true crime which yeah. has got really big and and podcasts I think have made true crime really big as well mm. there's a lot of true crime podcasts that are like huge and there's something much more honest about the way that they were presented to the viewer because what we do now it's here's I think it's really strange that true crime has had this massive resurgence in popularity mm. in a world where generally like celebrating people who have done wrong in any way is like really unfashionable yeah so really, you know the, so like if they're kind of yeah and so there's know. something to me that doesn't quite add up about those those two things together mm. and when you watch the true crime programs that are made now it becomes quite obvious the way that they're presented to people is we're giving the victims a voice 
right? Yeah. So all of every Netflix program has the same kind of narrative. It's sort of like they don't they they talk about the person that's done all the killing. Yeah. But they mostly talk to like the victims or the families of the victims yeah. and stuff. And and on the surface, that's brilliant, right? I'm I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. But I do think that it it uh, kind of almost like camouflages the fact that people are watching those programs because someone did a load of really yeah. evil murders. It's like um, fetishized almost. Yeah, people well, we're really into fucking serial killers nowadays. But like, why? Yeah, well, why does? But why has true crime ever been a thing? So when I was a teenager, I read a bunch of true crime books because mm. it, I just got a little tendency to be interested in that for a little while in yeah. my life and they i wouldn't say they were like underground but they were kind of like they definitely weren't as mainstream as like a netflix series yeah and true crime was generally presented in the way that this brian dennehy movie was presented yeah it was kind of like here's a ridiculously here's a over story. the top dramatization of something that did happen but it's not totally you yeah know, whatever as far no as one, facts no one really cares about the facts this is just a silly story well a story based in real but the true crime books and things like that that were being written, people accepted the fact that they were reading those things because they were like, "Well, I'm quite interested in like the dark, like darkness mm. of human souls." You yeah. know, I'm quite interested in this. Like, this, God, fucking hell, this guy got away with killing all of this, and he did all of this horrible shit. And look, isn't it gnarly that he like hid them under his crawl space? And yeah. you know, you had more of that sort of attitude, yeah. which is not a, I don't, you know, not a very uh, modern attitude to have mm-hmm. about someone going and killing loads of people. But I think that what we get now in these Netflix documentaries is kind of like you still do that. That's still what everyone's doing. But the difference is it's kind of tied up in this bow of like, no, we care about actually we care about the victims families. Actually, no, what we're doing is we're giving the victims families a voice. And don't get me wrong, in a way they are. Yeah, you know, they are. There's there's no black and white here. They are doing that. But the reason the people people are watching them. I think that they're, they're tricking themselves into sort of like, hey, guys, I'm into true crime and I'm into it to give the the victims a voice. But it's, and it's like, no, you're not. You've we've all we've all got darkness in us. Yeah. Like we're all interested in fucked up shit. Sometimes we're just not allowed to admit it because the darkness of our psychology is no longer allowed to be shown. Yeah. So you can't you can't accept the fact that you've had a bad thought. You have to. But you still want to have bad thoughts. You still want media to fill you up with like sensational stories about people murdering people, but you can't yeah. acknowledge the fact that there's just something in you that's kind of interested in that. So it has to be like, oh, I'm actually watching this for the victims. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Thank God these victims got their like answers for those who did. And if they didn't, then at the end you're like, God, will there ever be any justice? But actually... Justice what those... is another bit. Yeah, mm. justice is the big one. But yeah. what those Netflix documentaries do far more than any of these 90s... Um, over the top dramatizations is show you the gnarliest bits. Yeah, they, of like it's it's so it's so extreme mm. because in the at least in the nineties one it's all like over the top dramatization and you know it's specifically been made for like entertainment, even though it's about something horrendous and at the end you might learn something. But in these ones you'll have like the victim stories which are really heartfelt, but they'll be juxtaposed with here's a picture of some murder and it's just like yeah, yeah. but you're meant to be watching it because it's like oh no i just want the true facts so that i can really get where these families are coming from it's like yeah. no you just want the true facts because you're a glutton for seeing all this gnarly shit like yeah. you say like but you're not netflix knows it but isn't outright telling you it it's it, it's like it's where it's where trigger warnings get a bit uh gray i think because mm. it's like trigger warnings do encourage people to watch I believe this. This is totally just my opinion. And and I don't think anyone would admit to this, but I don't give a fuck. So I mm. just, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to say what I, you know, I think is probably going on in a lot of people's minds. Trigger warnings sometimes give people things to watch. 
Yeah. You know those warnings that come up like, at the start of Netflix of like Yeah, you're, you're like, just oh, like sweet. fucking brilliant though his tits. <laughs> but like but no one can acknowledge this anymore in the modern world that we live in. No one can say like I love watching true crimes things because uh, yeah, I'm really interested in the really fucked up shit that some people can do and yeah. and this guy's character is interesting to me. Like I'm interested in this person's psychology yeah. as to how they ended up like eating people well and this is why more recently than ever you've had these especially on netflix it's been like the tapes of people's uh interviews yeah, yeah so yeah. prior to that you were told the stories and you were told it from the victims you were told it from the police but recently there's been such a like drive to have these from the horse's mouth um, i think just because it's cheap documentaries well <laughs> a fact, big, a you bit get a load you get a load of tapes and what have you got to do just loads of stock yeah. footage over it but, yeah. but it's a bit because it's cheap but it's also a bit because i think people are really really intrigued by the person themselves but there's nothing and wrong with like, that no of course there's like, nothing wrong with it of course it. like people are intrigued by that yeah people are in we are as human beings we are intrigued by the darker side of our nature as well as the yeah as well as the more supportive side of our nature mm-hmm. but we're not allowed in the modern world to acknowledge the fact that we're interested in the darker side of our souls we have to all pretend to be continuously right on about yeah. every single subject you can't say oh actually yeah there was my first reaction to this was you know something non-politically correct or whatever <laughs> but i had to but i put it through my i put it through my uh, you know my thought processes and i came and to now, the end and i realized that actually i was wrong my initial but my animal senses were just like you know I, i'm yeah. not going to say anything because i'll get cancelled <laughs> <laughs> but you know but you you just like no one can acknowledge because if you acknowledge it anything else you say will be ignored you see that's mm. the other thing i mm. think anyway I'm, I'm just going off on one now <laughs> Shall we bring us back to clowns? Yeah. Which I think was the topic of this podcast. <laughs> well, no, that was about John Wayne Gacy. That was he about was John Wayne clown, Gacy. But he was also a serial killer. And he was probably <laughs> the first uh, slight on the clown persona. Is that what we're kind of getting at? Yes. In the 70s. So I prior think, to that. I think totally. I mean, I think that because it was a big case. Yeah. It was very sensationalised. It was it was a time, it was that time where serial killers were like yeah. in the news a lot. And there was a lot of and them. And there was a lot of them in the 70s. Um, it, you know, Partly, partly because of the society being pretty fucked up, but also because of like it was pre DNA. Yeah, it was pre a lot of things that people now away with don't stop serial killers completely, but make it much more difficult to get away yeah. with for that amount of time. And there was that extraordinarily famous picture of him as a clown. Yes, that so that would have that around. of course it's on our fridge, I believe. <laughs> probably <laughs> it is somewhere on our fridge. Um, but, Yes, um, and he, yeah, and so that picture of him as a clown was, of course, all over the news and at the time. And didn't he carry on so, painting pictures of himself as the clown? Well, so here's, well, this is where we can move on to the next thing. He mm-hmm. did paint lots of pictures of himself as a, as a clown, including one that he gave to Gigi Allen. Uh-huh. Just taking us back to... <laughs> Good old Gigi. Just taking us back to another character from the uh, <laughs> Breakfast Punks <laughs> archive. Oh, yeah, yeah. A um, beloved character of ours. But he also drew, at some point later on, because he was on death row, so he got caught and he was on death row for years and years and years, and he drew a picture of Pennywise the Clown from mm-hmm. the film It, the original film It. The now, Tim Curry one. Obviously, it's been remade recently. We'll kind of get onto the remake a little bit, but the original film was made in 1990. Starring, mm-hmm. as you say, Tim Curry yeah. as Pennywise the Clown, along with John Boy Walton and a load of other people. Yeah. John Ritter. But we watched a documentary about it called Pennywise, the making of the film It. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it was called. It, like it was something like that, which, yeah. Which has just come out. It was really, I thought it was quite interesting, actually. It is really interesting. I think him. it's pretty good. One of the reasons that it... But this is a totally personal thing, but it completely blew my mind. 
was that it is so big of a part of my own childhood, mm-hmm. I think. Probably just because it freaked me out so much because I watched it when I was like 10 or something. Yeah. That when they were interviewing the actors now as older people, oh, God, yeah. the kids were obviously one... They'd grown up to be one version of the character. Yeah. And then the adult, the people that played the adults later on in it, had grown up to obviously be a completely different human being. Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah, you because were like, in my Because there? there was this weird subconscious thing in my brain whereby they were the same person. The <laughs> person that played the child and the person that played the adult just were the same person. And I couldn't. It, was, it scrambled my brain for a little while. I could not work it out. You're like, why are both of these people called Bill? What's yeah, going on? It really, it really, yeah, it was weird. So, I mean, well, that, I suppose that says something about how much this film affect me, well, affected me. My <laughs> early, one of my earliest um, discussions with you was about your... F- not fear of clowns, but a lot of people do credit it with the reason that they're scared of clowns. And I remember you used to be a bit funny about clowns um, yeah, yeah. until you got one tattooed on your hand and bought this one from the from Pontins. It's now on our wall. <laughs> prior always... to all of that, you definitely told me that you, you didn't like clowns and the very reason was because of the 90s it. Well, I think it comes back a little bit to that whole thing I was just talking about with true crime. Yeah. Is that I have a weird relationship with clowns. Mm-hmm. In as much as I was horribly scared by this film, yeah, or these two films, or whatever you want, a mini series, whatever it is, the four hours, the of four hours horror- of it, like I was horribly scared by that because I watched it as a young person, yeah. and I am very was very scared of Pennywise the clown to the point that the first time I saw the Rocky Horror Show, I had no idea that Tim Curry was the man. I didn't know probably who Tim Curry was really, but I had no idea that who was behind the clown yeah. in it. it. It just it wasn't the sort of thing that I would have thought about as a mm-hmm. you know, at that age, and. um when when uh, when he starts singing Sweet Transvestite and he uses his mouth in a similar way... Well, he just uses his mouth as he uses oh, his yeah, mouth. Oh, yeah, his little I quirky, suppose. like, little side bits of the edges of his mouth. Like, kind of like. It gave me a... Re- I think that might be one of the reasons why I got into the Rocky Horror Show as well because it's, no. it sort of freaked me out but sort of intrigued me at the yeah. same time, you know? It was like this really confusing... It was just like, that's fucking Pennywise the clown's mouth. But yeah. I, don't, I think sub- part of that was subconscious. I'm not really sure. Hmm. But his, yeah, his performance as Pennywise the clown, I think, firstly, is, is fucking brilliant. It's perfection, isn't it? And the film itself is weird because going back to what we were talking about, about TV movies and stuff and how much I love them, but yes. also how much they maybe haven't aged that well in, in so many ways because of all the things that I love about them. The yeah. soft focus, the really like fairly simplistic music. Although actually in it, the music Perfect is pretty score. good. So yeah, maybe maybe that's a, that's not really fair. But you know, the, it doesn't. You know, the actors are all of a certain level. Like they're all good. They're all yeah. really competent actors. But you're not going to get like an amazing performance. And there's not really the space to get a particularly good performance mm-hmm. apart from from Tim Curry because he's obviously so separate from everybody else. But I think those things haven't necessarily. I think like if you showed it now to a teenager i don't know if they could sit through four hours of it well i think it is it definitely is long because we i hadn't seen it before and you uh played it for me probably about six years ago yeah and there was definitely scenes that i can understand were horrible but it's also remembering that it was a tv movie and now Mm. we have the remake of it that can show a little bit more of the like vicious horrible bits whereas the t movie tv movie kind of could insinuate certain things and so a lot of the scary things about pennywise is in the you know oh look this is a clown that's meant to be really friendly for kids and it's actually eating kids and it's it's not pleasant um whereas I... but you don't see too much of the like vicious 
like blood and guts and all that. But kind I of think that adds but maybe to it that's... so much, though. Yeah, and well, it probably makes it more scary. But yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like, I think it's kind of that insinuation, the fact mm. that you don't often see things. Yeah. Or you, st- or what you see is just the scary bit, but not the kind of tacky bit with all the blood. Yeah. Which makes that so scary and i think your imagination can go a bit more mad yeah and there's an element of like the atmosphere as well it's quite a slow film in a lot of ways for Mm. a horror movie and partly probably because it's over four hours long so they weren't in in a hurry also sorry they wanted it to be eight hours in the first place which i was like fucking hell yeah it's quite it's quite slow and meandering Mm. it has you know and maybe we should just compare it now so we watched the the remake of it we'd seen it before we went to see it Mm -hmm. at the cinema we did so let, I don't want to just badmouth the remake because whilst um, generally speaking, I, I'm i not particularly for remakes. I don't really give a fuck, to be mm-hmm. honest. I'm not kind of like, I'm not a nerd who's going to get annoyed by my favourite film being remade. If I don't want to see it, I just won't watch it and that's fine. But I mean, generally speaking, like there's so many remakes, it doesn't need to be said. There's so many remakes being made by Hollywood. It's very lazy. Yeah. And none of them are better than the original really no. for the most part and it's just pointless and frustrating and all that money could be put into original projects by people mm-hmm. with artistic visions mm-hmm. um but i will say out of all the horror remakes because of course having said all of what i just said i have probably watched all of the <laughs> remakes of all of the uh-huh. big horror movies that have come out i think it is head and shoulders uh above most of the other ones mm-hmm. the first the first the one. first chapter yeah um the second chapter goes a bit poo it was extremely I, I would say successful. the same about the first 90s yeah one, i think honest. it's different though you're right you're definitely right yeah uh, but i do think there's a difference yeah yeah so i i do think it's great and i think that considering again as we said like tim curry's performance in the original it was just so unbelievably good and iconic like and how do you yeah. do a different version of that yeah totally and i think that they did it really well and skarsgård yeah. whatever it's, i don't know bill what it's first bill bill skarsgård's like i think he's great I he think does a good I, I think he does it as well as he could possibly have done. He's not as good as Tim Curry, but, but I mean... But who can is, be? And also, is you know, what is good? Like he, I'm sure to some people, if they'd not seen the original, they'd probably think he was just as good, and that's fine. Yeah. The only thing I would say, and this is my big question that I took away from it generally, and I think this was slightly worse in the second film, but it was for all of it, mm-hmm. was that the one thing that is so obviously different about the first and second one... Oh, sorry, the original and the, and the remake... Yeah is the use of cgi in the clown Mm -hmm. and this i have this really genuine question i'm not a huge fan of cgi in a in like a big way like i definitely i can see like it's cheaper to use cgi and it makes perfect sense to use it in like relatively like subtle ways like in backgrounds and like just for little little things here and there that aren't like super obvious but i have a genuine question and 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 i don't know if i don't know if this is just me and possibly if i'd been brought up in a time where cgi was as prevalent as it is now maybe i would Mm -hmm. feel differently about this but the thing about the clown was skarsgård himself right was quite scary as pennywise the clown Mm -hmm. but as soon as they cgi'd him in in a really obvious way he was not scary in any way. No. He just looked like a cartoon. I um, think it's because you were reminded he's really unreal when that happens. Yeah, but whereas his actual performance was quite mm. real. And the, the really you know, like the really big thing about the original it and Tim Curry's performance is that he didn't want like he wanted as little as possible. He was just like, Paint me as a clown and I will scare people. Yeah. Don't, don't you know, don't don't and they gave him a big head, which which I think yeah. was a very good idea. That big head is really fucking weird. Yeah. And and does is very effective. But they were gonna try and put like a fake cheek and he a wanted, fake jaw yeah, they and, 
And he had to fight them off and say, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like you say, I will do the job of being scary. Let me just, let it just be my face. Let it be me. And like, what a good, what a good thing that turned out to be. Yeah. Because you had such a good actor. But I would say again, like, Bill Skarsgård yeah. pretty much also was did a really good performance. But yeah. every time anything scary was about to happen and he sucked you in with his performance, he turned into a fucking cartoon. Yeah. And it was like, is anybody, this is my question really, is anybody frightened by CGI? Like it's one thing to, you know, if you're watching an action movie or whatever and somebody needs to do something absurd and you yeah. make it CGI and you kind of, it might break your concentration a little bit because you notice that it's CGI and it's not real anymore to yeah. some extent. But when, but the actual art of being frightened by something, being scared of something, mm. if your eye tells you that it's a cartoon, is it just me or does that not completely break any possibility of you being frightened by it? I guess it depends on what it is. Like there's some like big scary monsters that ones are quite that are, scary ones that are obviously cgi but they're obviously like not real from the beginning whereas i think but if they're obviously not real from the beginning why this is my question really why, why would you be scary? why would you be scared of it doesn't your brain because it's something again it's like in our subconscious it's not something that you can you can sort of consciously turn off yeah. i don't think so if something becomes a cgi thing my my brain does something that I'm completely uncontrolled, has have no control over, and it just stops being in any way frightened by it and just sees it yeah, as something silly. Maybe, I don't know that I have that, but I would say going back to the Skarsgård performance of it, there's a really good scene that I didn't realise from the first time we watched it, where he's putting on the makeup. Yeah, and it the, keeps yeah. going back to him as he's putting yeah. a bit more makeup on, and you see him with absolutely none on, and you realise that bless his heart, like. He can pull his face in a certain way that does look quite scary. I think he's quite a handsome man in real life, but he really does have a He's an unusual looking man. He's got a funny looking face, doesn't he? And and he plays on that uh, with his funny little voice as well. And yeah, there's a scene where he's slapping on the makeup maniacally. And every time they go back to him, he's put a bit more on. Mm. And I must say, that was so effective. More so than, like you say, than any other CGI's where his mouth just became really big and scary and weird. Um, But I agree. But I think also the other bits were effective until... The mouth CGI. got big. Yeah. So there was bits where he, he, that's what I'm saying, with his performance, he pulled you in. Yeah. Where he's in the drain. Yeah. Right. It's very similar. The the drain scene, which is like one of the first films where someone's little brother's boat goes down a drain yeah. and then the clown suddenly appears in the drain face and starts talking to him. I mean, I think they he, shot that when, shot for shot. With yeah. The other one, it's exactly they? the same. Yeah. And he, and I'm like, and that's like one of the first scenes of the film. So any kind of like fear that I had of like, mm. oh, this clown's going to be shit though, isn't it? There's no way he's going to be as good as Tim Curry. Initially I was like, oh shit. All right. He's done. He's doing it slight, just differently enough. Yeah. Um, that it, that it's his own performance, yeah. but not so different that it's kind of rubbish. Yeah. And then, and you go through it, and he's dra- and he pulls you in, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, this film's going to be really good." Actually, this is going to be really scary. And then suddenly, his mouth turns into a cartoon, and it's just like, "Right, well, now I'm not scared." I'm off it, yeah. And that's yeah. that's one of my complaints about the remake. The other complaint, I've got three. One of them <laughs> is that fucking child from Stranger Things who is you hate fucking him. dreadful. Ugh. And but actually, the third complaint is kind of his fault as well. It's not his fault, but it's what he the, the part that he plays in the film as well is that in the original one. Whilst there is like little elements of sort of humour and some of the kids are kind of like, they act like kids, there's like an overriding dread from the start until five minutes before the end when they kick a spider to death, which is obviously a terrible ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but 
there's like this continuous feeling of dread in the first one. Now, in this one, they stranger thing the fuck out of it. Mm. And I think that really ruined it because it's like you'd get a bit of the dread mm. and then it's like, I like suicidal tendencies as much as the next person, right? You know, it's brilliant that you can throw in a really 80s sounding heavy metal song or something. That's great. Yeah. But it totally takes away from all that dread, yeah. you know? And it's also, true, it's so true. it's partly that, it was partly the use of music and partly the use of like over kind of like, hey, this is the 80s, guys. The 80s is really cool at the moment. Yeah. Which I think, A, didn't work at the time, but B, is really, really going to date it. It's going to be, in, in 20 years, no one's going to be talking about this version of it. I mean, they will have probably remade made it five times by the way but um but i think that a mixture of that that like use of kind of like great 80s music which mm-hmm. is going to be a bit like stranger things but also just like the humor if you can even call it humor i mean because it's, it's really humor. badly written and really badly well, ever, really bad so this is what i was trying to remember throughout it i do think that in the book mm. His character is written like that. I I, I don't so doubt. So I think because yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking the, that the whole time. In the original time. film, he is a bit. Yeah. He's, he's like beat beat rich. He's like he's like the guy that he does he but does because he's Seth Green and he's like he is a kind of like crazy yeah. character. But I do think I, I when when we were watching, I just thought, is he overplaying? It? And he is overplaying. I mean, it yes, because he can't shit. act and he's shit. True, but <laughs> but I do think I do think in the book that he does tell it is like. He is the annoying chap that is well, just telling jokes. True, after joke but after in the joke. book, there's a massive teenage orgy. So true. And where um, was that in any of the films? I think that I think that second film could have probably done with a prepubescent orgy. That would have, <laughs> that would have probably made it oh, feel a bit more realistic. God. They were all very genuinely children, but again, in the book, they are. And Stephen King, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, Stephen King's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now I I don't know. There's just something about like the use of humour, and then they and then they really overplayed it. So I think yeah. I think I know what happened to some extent. And I, I don't know if people generally think that the second remake of it, the second chapter the second in the remake, of, the remake. Of, of it, is really bad or not. But the first one was su- surprisingly popular. Yeah, like they, it was a big budget Hollywood movie, and they obviously expected it to be fairly popular. But I remember when that first chapter came out, people were like, "Whoa, this!" Like the box office is through the roof. People want to go back and see horror movies again at the cinema. Yeah, and that you had the new face of things that were scary, yeah. like an actual scary clown was back and people yeah. were dressing you know someone that you dress up as halloween is like all of a sudden there's a not a cult thing but um you know so, something in society has happened and yeah. you have an icon all of a sudden yeah, yeah, which yeah. had been a Some, while something in the zeitgeist yeah um and so then they had free reign to be like well let's throw loads let's get really big actors to come in for oh the, james for mcavoy the, and there is a problem because i don't and i don't know if something changed i don't know if the right has changed i don't know if it just became like I don't know if the studio heads took more of an interest in it, if they left them alone on the first one and then they came in and they were like, now you need, this needs to play out like all the Marvel films because they're really big at the moment, but just with a horror character. I don't know what it was, but like, God, it got shit to some extent. Like the script, the there's this ongoing joke throughout the, th- the whole thing, which is so overplayed and so not good about how, so the original It is mm-hmm. famous for having a shit ending. It's famous uh, for being yeah. brilliant, and then the last five minutes, the clown turns into a massive spider. They kick it for a while, and then it's dead, and that's it. And it is a shit Which, ending, and that's what happens in the book as well. Yeah, in yeah. Fairness. It's a, and, and it's not. They do change it a bit for the remake. Uh, he still sort of turns into a spider, but he's just still dressed as the clown. So yeah. it's kind of it is what it is. But oh god, they make that joke so many times, and it's not fun. It's like if it was just a throwaway line. If it was just like one of the characters is a writer, yeah, and so it starts with his 
on a film. Uh, they're making a film. They're making a book. film of his book, and they're asking him to rewrite the ending. Right? If yeah. you'd done that, it wouldn't have been a great joke, but it would have been like subtle enough and subtle kind of and fine. nose in the nose would be like, ha ha. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus Christ! Then they make that joke about fifty times mm-hmm. throughout the film, and it's mm-hmm. not. And it gets less funny throughout. Mm-hmm. And then there's loads of weird shit like. Diff- loads of stuff from other horror movies that have nothing to do with it that again so there's oh, a like. bit from thing so at one point some some round thing turns into a spider this is earlier oh on. yeah yeah and yeah. one of the and one of them says um you've got to be fucking kidding me which is a really famous scene out of the thing well the thing has got absolutely not the john carpenter thing yeah it's got nothing to do with it whatsoever they were just like oh well people like horror let's just shove this in this has got nothing to What's do with the anything. thing a stephen king book Am I no, no no nothing no, no. to oh, do with okay. it whatsoever. so at least the second one uh mm. did kind of have a stephen king reference but it was just so tacky and shit where um there was loads of different people uh, they trying were trying to, to bang in a door. a door and at one point fucking jack nicholson or a cgi version of jack nicholson appeared and said here's johnny for no reason whatsoever. For makes no, no reason. Sense. Makes and no sense. it's quite a good scene up until that point. Reasonable I, anyway. There was loads of shit like that. And I there heard was just you, like, like, when we watched it, you just literally audible like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you were enjoying it massively to that point. But then from then on, you were like, I'm fucking out. And it's three hours long. Yeah. The well, second it, part is three hours yeah. long. But, I mean, but, you know, there is still good stuff about the second chapter. Like, I still think his performance as the clown is good. Yeah. And... But it just, it, it's weird. I, I don't know the filmatic language to specifically state, like, why it's different. But there definitely is some. And there, it is, it does feel suddenly like a comic book movie. There's something that I fucking hate about, like, they thought that the ending of the film originally is bad, and they thought the ending of the book is originally bad. Fuck me. When they decide the only way to kill this spider is... Oh, you need to make to it feel small yeah. by telling him shit things about himself and then lo and behold they've been spending three hours trying to figure out how to do anything about this all you've got to do is belittle it yeah. tell, tell him you don't scare me you're rubbish I think you're crap and they're like oh no the spider's getting small yeah. and then he turns into like a goo goo baby version of himself and you're like yeah. fucking hell I'd rather you kick the death out of a spider than told a clown he was shit and he got really small and I don't know what that's meant to mean well, around the, the, bullying well, around it's about it's it's the millennial fucking point oh, of view, isn't it? It's so like words. Awful. You know what's really going to hurt? Words. I'm going to kill. I'm it doesn't kill matter you with my words. It, 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 you don't get. It doesn't matter. They smashed his head in in the first one. None of that matters. It doesn't matter that like someone's had like someone's initials cut into them. It doesn't. All the horrific things. Yeah, like actually all the fucking actual horrible, horrible things, things that have happened. Isn't there it's a fine. None of that. Gay bashing at the beginning There's, of this film. As oh well, well that, so like, hold off. Here's another point. Not because of not because it's a gay bashing, but yeah, and but, which is really fucking awful. But the entire fucking point of it is that adults cannot see it 100 percent. right that is the entire that's why the whole idea is scary because if you're a kid and and like that's why it's so effective and why as a metaphor it's this amazing i think it's an amazing story like the whole point is is that kids are being faced with these horrible experiences and the adults don't even notice them and that says so much about growing up like that bloody scene where the girls um there's blood everywhere in the bathroom and there's yeah the dad can't see i can't see anything and she's covered in blood it's like fucking but that is that is the entire point yeah i would say i mean there's you know the the point is i suppose a scary clown but that i think that's you know metaphorically that is the entire yeah. point of the book and the films and on the, the start of the first of the second chapter there's uh, two gay guys and one of them gets beaten up yeah and then for some reason they can just see pennywise the clown yeah. 
and they, and it's never it's never brought up the fact that they're adults they're grown-ass adults and the only reason they do it the reason they do it is because they want you to think for a second and there's loads of these little shitty things they want you to think for a second that one of them is the little guy from the as a kid so the little guy has an inhaler uh, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. whilst this whilst the boyfriend's getting beaten beaten up the other guy says oh i need my inhaler or oh, he needs course. his inhaler so you're supposed to think oh my god that's richie i think his name's richie i'm not sure yeah. um you know that's that guy oh no and, and then the clown kills him and you're like fuck they've changed this completely the clown's already killed one of them and then there's just that's it <laughs> that's I didn't it even and then get that um, the and it just turns out that actually richie you know he's just he's just He's 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 still going. He's still going. Else. He's fine. Yeah, it's nothing to do with that. They miss it. There's yeah, loads of things that. in the news. They they ignore a bunch of like people's backstories as well. I noticed mm-hmm. in the way. And one of the really effective things I think about the story in general, but like the first film, is that all of the kids are like in different ways. They're like not being looked after properly. Yeah, they've all got a different sort of social problem. Yeah, which I think again like plays into that whole thing of like their parents aren't aren't looking after them. They're yeah, not they keeping an eye on them. And so on. so this evil clown comes along, and then he can kind of he can kind of get at them. But I found that like the backstories of like all of the kids in the remake, apart from the main kid, the girl, and the main kid and the girl, really. and to some extent the sickly kid with the mum in the shell suit to, yeah, some to some extent like they're the only ones that really get a proper backstory everyone else kind of gets a little yeah bit here's a scene with that one's dad telling them off but i mean it's mike's not, is almost a... not explained at all yeah, like yeah. it's only because they keep showing a newspaper clipping that shows that he was in a house with two crackheads which is basically what it says on the oh my god sorry that's the other thing I that hate. doesn't get mentioned <laughs> at all it's yeah. just he yeah. just keeps seeing flames behind a door yeah, and you yeah. almost you almost have to like glue together his story yeah. from the tiny bits they show you this is the other thing where they really fuck up one of the things about the original film is that it's set obviously it wouldn't look very realistic to people now because it's set in like a suburb of the 90s yeah. or the late 80s and it's probably filmed in in that sort of a way but it looks like anybody at the time i remember when i watched it it felt like anybody's hometown yeah it felt like like all of the places were just like Here's here's a here's a normal looking house yeah. with horrible shit going on inside it, yeah. and even like the scary places like the the big drain, the entrance to the big drain uh-huh. in the original one where Pennywise lives. It is this like really weird looking gothic building, but it does look like it could be a real place. It looks like oh, it probably is a real place. It looks like the sort of architecture that a sewer would have been built as in like the Victorian times, mm-hmm. and of course as a kid. There was loads of the, that sort of architecture still around, even even though this thing was filmed in Canada and I was in Orpington. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they're very different, but like there was, you know, there was places that Very looked kind of gnarly, yeah. you know. And they sort of do the same in the remake, but the house, that crackhead house, where they're sort of like, oh, what we've got to go to the crackhead house where where everyone's doing drugs, looks like the fucking Adams family house. <laughs> it's so obviously. It's like it's a CGI haunted house. Almost, yeah. it, it, ha- it is. It definitely is CGI because it's on a normal street where everything looks normal. And it's like, here's the really scary place. Oh, yeah. look, it looks like a fucking haunted house. Yeah. That would be way more scary if it looked like your mum's house. A normal house, Because yeah. then the shit that goes on in there is something Just that is going to scare you. And yeah, it was very unsubtle in that way. It was extraordinarily unsubtle. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could hear that, but our cat just screamed. I think what she's saying is, "You've talked enough about clowns, even though we haven't really covered anything." No, um, we haven't talked about clowns we've, that much. We've just talked a little bit about John Wayne Gacy and a little bit about clowns. 
one interesting thing about this book about phobias generally, mm-hmm. uh, and I think clowns really fit into this, is that um, so many of the phobias are based on some kind of like evolutionary reason. Mm-hmm. So it talks a lot about uh, the science of the brain and uh, people's psychological s- states yeah. and and therefore the reason why uh, we suffer from phobias in generally, general. So a really obvious one is if you're scared of snakes, mm-hmm. that's sensible because in, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago or millions of years ago, uh, we would have be- all lived in a place that had loads of snakes. And, and so having a phobia of snakes is a sensible thing. It's like it's a sensible way of dealing sense. with it. Like a primal response to, like a survival instinct. Yeah, sort of totally. Thing. But even, Would like claustrophobia be something similar? Like, yeah, to some extent. Because if it, you were stuck inside a small space, you're likely to die. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but also, you know, there's some more sort of obscure ones, like people are frightened of thunder and lightning, for example. And maybe mm. you could argue that, Thunder and lightning doesn't necessarily directly threaten you. But there were reasons, and I have to admit, I can't remember them off the top of my head. But there were reasons why, like, lightning would mean that obviously some bad weather was coming. And bad weather could potentially cause... Yeah, so there's other... But the thing that really interested me is that... So that makes sense with loads of these phobias, Uh almost all of them. But then when you find out once, for example, there is a genuine phobia of cotton wool. And, like, people don't like to touch it. And there's like a phobia of balloons. There's a phobia of clowns. So these things sort of make sense in a way. Like the clowns make sense because I think most people can see that a clown could be scary. And we've talked a little bit about maybe maybe the reasons why people became scared of clowns. Yeah, because if it's now association with scary children eating monsters or serial killers, potentially. But that's all very conscious. Mm. Whereas almost all other phobias are like... The reason why they're so hard to break yeah is because they're not really conscious they're not conscious decisions yeah. if you're if you've got a phobia of snakes and you see a picture of a snake you can't look at the picture of a snake yeah now if that's true of cotton wool which is a man-made thing and obviously has no evolutionary aspect to it whatsoever yeah how does that get into your subconscious it's it- one thing to have it in your conscience mm. it's a totally different thing because the pho- it's a proper phobia Phobia is different to not liking something or being scared of something. But is it is it just a development of not liking something? Like, I wonder when you decide... I mean, again, decide is, is not the correct word, but when, when that changes, like, is it some kind of, like, trauma thing with use, having these things involved in your past somehow? I There's remember, a lot of Freudian stuff in this book yeah. about exactly the, that. And yes, often wa- it is, often it is that. Yeah. I watched a Jerry Springer clip, um, and I think it got shared around quite a lot, where there was a woman that was scared of pickles or gherkins in this country. <laughs> and um, they show the treatment, in inverted commas, and it's basically someone walks in dressed as a gherkin and she flips out and goes mad. You just think it doesn't even look like a gherkin. But how do you develop a phobia well, well, not of to, something well often it is attached to some sort of abusive relationship there's an yeah. awful lot of there's an awful lot of like phobias that are believed at least in certain cases so a lot of these phobias they take case studies of people that are frightened of thing. and then when they look into their past it's like well they were they were being abused at a point mm. where maybe maybe they were eating a lot of gherkins. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't really, that doesn't quite make no. sense. It would be it would be slightly more subtle than that. But, you know, there might be something about cotton wool. Yeah. You know, there's certain things like that. But my favourite one, which is not a phobia, but is a mania. Yeah. Choreomania. 
Choreomania. Choreomania is when people can't stop dancing. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, well. It is the best nice. mania in the entire world. Sounds there's, like a good mania. There's a number of proven incidents of this across the world. In 1374, an epidemic of manic dancing spread <laughs> along the River Rhine <laughs> and out into the countryside. And these people danced until some of them died. What? Both men and women, <laughs> reported the monk Peter of Herentul, danced in their homes, in the churches and in the streets, holding each other's hands and leaping in the air. But... They danced until they fell to the ground with exhaustion. At some point, are they like... Because you think dancing is joyous, so they're all holding hands and dancing joyously, but at some point, are they just like furiously crying at each other? I think so. Well, when, when they stopped, they felt such pains in their chest that if their friends did not tie linen clothes tightly around the, their waists, they cried out like madmen that they were dying, and some did die. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, so you think, well, that's a bit weird. That's uh, kind yeah, of bonkers. But... Another bout of choreomania broke out in 1518. A woman called Frau Trophia began to dance in the streets of Strasbourg. And by the end of the week, 34 people were dancing alongside her. And by the end of the month, there were 400. The town tried to control the disorder by providing halls and marketplaces for the dancers and musicians (laughs) to accompany them. Sounds amazing. But these measures seemed only to make it worse. And by the time the dancing stopped on the 10th of August, dozens had collapsed and died with heart attacks and strokes. Jesus. It's wonderful. so mad. I love it. Isn't that what a... um what do they call it in nowadays where everyone just starts dancing in the street and people join in? A flash mob, is that what it's called? Well, I think flash mobs tend to be like planned. It's a little bit more organised. Well, no, I think planned by a few and then you, you hope that people would join in maybe. I think it's a perfect it's just... example of human beings just doing what other human beings yeah. are doing. If you can get enough people to dance in the street, then some other people are going to be like, yeah. fuck, people are dancing in the street, but I better dance in the I street. I love the idea that it can go from like a... Because jo- I can see that if people are dancing in the street and then more people join, that, that's a joyous thing. But for it to go on like a month and people be like, I wish we could stop and we can't. <laughs> That's the bit that I'm, I'm like. I'm having a heart what attack. Happens? Yeah, I can't like, stop dancing. I literally can't stop now. I'd like to. I'd like to join in just to see if it got to the point where I couldn't stop. I also would like to do it so much that they have to create a marketplace for me to have food. <laughs> like, a dance hall and a band. Siobhan still dancing, get the chip van. I like the idea that they called a band in to join yeah. in with a dance because they would have been like, right, what, like, how difficult is that <laughs> to start music? Based on what someone's dancing. Yeah, do some music that goes with their dancing. Yeah. Someone, please get them some chips. <laughs> Be amazing. I quite like the idea of it. You might like to dance to this. This is a song by a band called Look It Martians. Yay. They are from Mars. Are they? Well, they might be from Mars, but they might also be from Germany. Okay, Depends. fair enough. This is from their split with the Cheap Pops, which comes out early next year on vinyl and CD, but it's been available for a little while online. Mm-hmm. It's coming out via Cat's Claw and Punk Rock Radar, and it's called Touchdown de Moor.
thanks for sticking with another episode of Breakfast Punks podcast. As always, please do follow us on all the various social media-y things that we're on. I think we're on Instagram. I think that's the only thing we're actually on. I think we're just on Instagram. We've got we've got a TikTok page with one <laughs> video on it, I think. But I've I've lost the login, so I can't get. I have no idea how to get into that TikTok, yeah. so don't worry about that. But do follow us on Instagram, Breakfast Punks Podcast, and you can message us on there if you've got any music you'd like us to listen to or suggestions for weird stuff that we can do a deep dive on. We always like the idea of other people's weird stuff, not just our weird stuff. We're very weird, but we can always do it more. As has been proven <laughs> over the last couple of hours. We exactly. uh, this is the last episode of the year mm-hmm. and this will be a completion of two full years of podcasting yeah the very first one was january 2021 yep and so on the next one we'll be doing our standard here's some positive news stories from the year 2022 if we can find any we hope to yeah i'm sure we'll find something well i had a look at the list and the first one made me angry oh good <laughs> well it might just be a big moan but we'll see I'm sure there were some good things in 2022 and I'm sure we will do our best to find them um, we also have a Patreon for those who don't know and thank you to those who do um, we it's Breakfast Punk Podcast in the variation of a Patreon website I absolutely can't remember it's, what it is it's patreon.com forward slash Breakfast Punks Podcast there you go I was looking like desperately at Dave <laughs> then please tell me what it is and yeah we, we do an extra episode every month uh, an hour long of just more Babble. weird psycho babbles um, and they'll if you sign up now you'll get a whole tw- a whole year's worth 12 episodes yep. Um, so, and thank you to those who already do support us in that way. It's really kind of you to do so. Um, as always, you can email us shamcityroasters at gmail.com if you do have any feedback or things to tell us or, I don't know, music or things for us to go look at. Please do. We love when people get in touch with us. Well done, Javon. You are unwell. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to have to cut out a lot of coughs. Oh, my God. There's been so much coughing. Uh, but none of you listening to this will know because it will be seamless. It'll be so much editing. Uh, my excellent skills. But apologies. <laughs> and thank you for sticking with us when I've just been coughing and spluttering and sounding like this. And sorry we didn't really talk that much about clowns, but I hope you got something out of whatever yeah. it was that we did talk about. We went on a rant. We are on a psychobabble <laughs> as usual. It is what it is. As always, let's end with one last song. This song is from a band called The Ducks and the song is called Meat Sweats. They're a band from Brighton and this is from their new album Enter the Cloaca I'm going with that Cloaca yeah. I don't know what that means Do you it, know what means, it means uh, really liking clowns I don't think it does <laughs> it <laughs> means duck- a clown den Enter the clown den Enter the clown den I, I, I'm not it's sure. that fucking house in it that big gothic the cloaca, house that, that big... looks like the Adams family house that isn't fucking scary <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes and we will see you again in two weeks time And it will be a new year and happy new year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Have the greatest time. Eat all the food. Eat all the food. Drink all the drinks. You only live a certain amount of time. Tell your family that you love them and your friends that you love them. Yeah. Do what you want. Let's make 2023 better than 2022. It's not going to be hard. No. But let's all go into it with the attitude of things can only get better. Things (laughs) can only get better. Anyway, we're not finishing with that song. We're finishing with the ducks and meat sweats. And we'll see you in 2023. Bye. Bye.
late.